fu- I had a ringtone and I forgot it. I really hope we just keep in that Someone... bit of you just looking very confused. Someone's fucking calling me now, too. Welcome to Overtime on Inferno, your weekly roundup of all the biggest stories in CSGO. Quicker than everyone could put an asterisk nest of Vitality's win at the major. Quick reminder to rate and view us before the end of the episode. It really helps us. I'm Logan. This is AZSK. Let's get into it. We start off with with the big news, with the, with the with the big thing that happened, and then we've got some some ripple effects. Um, we'll start with the fact that the major happened uh, since we we last spoke to you, major playoffs specifically. Um, I don't think they went as we expected, but also they went exactly as we expected. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> I, I think if you've watched the legend stage, and you watched the challenger stage. What actually happened wasn't entirely unpredictable. Yeah, I'd agree. I, I mean, we talked about how good Gamer Legion were, um, or like you know how good we thought they were. We we talked about how good we thought Apex were. We've said before we're not convinced by Furia. Mm, yeah, Phase have you know when you watched Phase in qualification, they were not good. You watched them in the Challenger stage; they were pretty good. You watched them in the Legend stage. You can talk all you want about how good all their comebacks were. But they had to be down. But they had to come back. back. Yeah. Fucking, how how good were Vitality's comebacks? Not good at all. Exactly. They didn't need to come back. They were, they were just never <laughs> behind. That's what an actual great team does. And it's like, people were so obsessed with this narrative that FaZe and Na'Vi were great teams and that the, the playoffs needed them. Na'Vi would have got battered by heroic oh my god they got battered by heroic in katavitsa like they would have been destroyed by them the only teams that had a chance against heroic realistically were game legion and vitality so let's i want to start with the losers in the quarterfinal then we'll go to the losers of the semi and then we'll, we'll talk about grand final um let's start with phase loser of the heroic phase game you and i both predicted that this was coming um, there was like a little bit of like optimism on the hope that you know FaZe is playing in front of the crowd. This is their, their it's not their home country, obviously, but it like in front of a crowd is where FaZe kind of feels like they're the best team that they can be. Yeah, um, and we kind of expected something. It was a two-one. It didn't feel particular like it as the series oh, went on. Smacked it got, him on map three. They yeah, smacked as, him on map three. As it went on, it just felt like a heroic diff yeah um it didn't feel particularly good <laughs> no like, like that was exactly what it it felt inevitable that at some point this magic run phase we're having was going to run out like you I, I don't know how like au fait you are sort of like analytics in 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 sports but it's like nobody's that lucky consistently like nobody yeah. overperforms expected goals that consistently nobody you know, nobody uh, shoots everyone spent for a full season. Like, it just doesn't happen. Everyone other than Steph Curry comes down to earth. Yeah, everyone other than Steph Curry can't shoot fifty percent from the from behind the line for an entire season, which is what FaZe are basically trying to do. They were trying to shoot fifty percent from three if needed. You can't which, always listen. go down fifteen eleven and win the game. I don't care how good you are. Yeah. And it just felt inevitable that a genuinely good team was going to get to 15 and just blow them away eventually. 
Yeah, and, and heroic, as we've said, on multiple, multiple occasions, does not lose to underdogs. Um, Not that FaZe is a huge <laughs> underdog, but also, like... <laughs> but also, well, they lost to Game Allegiant. Well, yeah. Heroic don't lose to underdogs, A. And B, Heroic have this have the, a tendency to not lose in a clutch, to not lose when it matters. It's not like you get to 15 and you let some team rack up like seven wins in a row to bring it to overtime generally. Heroic is generally a team that'll maybe they'll win, loss, lose one or two or three in a row, right? But they'll take a timeout, they'll reset themselves, and they'll push the last round, right? You don't generally see these like 16-14 games where it was 15-7 and the in the team like huge comeback. That's not generally you see something you see from Rohit. They're very good mentally um in that way. So it doesn't surprise me that they didn't let FaZe get into the FaZe preferred position of we're going to fucking clutch the shit out of you at every single given opportunity and make you play a 15-15 overtime. Yeah, what Heroic actually struggle with is being down. <clears throat> Their sort of mental fragility comes when they're losing. It's not that they get into a winning position and lose. It's like they don't know how to adjust once a team stops them. Whereas FaZe have this mental strength, and that's great, <clears throat> and they're winners, but they're not a great team at the moment. It's as simple as that. Like, Let's talk about what uh, what we talked about previously could be the most exciting match of the quarterfinals just because it was between two teams that were so evenly matched it turned out to be a 2-0 all of these other than the phase heroic series turned out to be a 2-0 but monty gamer legion was still a banger it was pretty dominant um people are going to write like people will just write off every game that gamer legion won as easier than it actually was and it wasn't like they made monty look bad but this same monty team dicked navi i mean dicked yeah. them <clears throat> and it, it it really is as simple as that like there wasn't it wasn't a case of like you know oh two underdogs of the quarterfinals a really low standard of play gamer legion made that look like what you would imagine Liquid versus Apex should look like. Yeah, no, it 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 what it should have been a close game, but Gamer Legion made it not even anywhere close to it. Right? It I, felt. I would say actually, <clears throat> Gamer Legion's win over Monty was more dominant than Vitality's over Into the Bridge. I would agree with that on a million percent. We'll get to the Into the Bridge Vitality series in a bit, but um, Gamer Legion looked like they were three classes above Monty at any given point in the series. They, they looked like a tier one team versus a tier two team. Okay, hold on. I saw this on Twitter, and I'm agreeing with it, and we're going forward with it. Fuck saying tier one teams. Yeah, fine. The, the, partnered the, the, and non-partnered, because we have seen it this major... No, well, yeah, it's fine. I've always thought that the concept of tiers was very wishy-washy anyway, because... If you what? really believe in a tier one, tier two, like if you really believe in a tier one team, then that should be heroic and vitality and nobody yeah, else. That's, yeah, that's those are the only two tier one teams. If you're and then you would have to call before this one game of legion like tier three or tier four. If you're really gonna, if you're just calling tier one, if you're including mouse and OG in tier one, you also have to include game of legion, bad news eagles. I I, I actually don't care what anyone thinks about that. 
you will never convince me that Mouse are a better team than Gamer Legion. And you wouldn't have been able to before this event. And you certainly fucking can't now. After, yeah. Um, Sorry, quick rant aside. Um, Gamer Legion looked like a team that was on a mission. It, they looked like a team that had purpose. Suhi understood the calls and how he wanted to play against Monty. And even when Monty got to play Mirage, which has been the best map for Boros, it has been one of Monty's best maps in the entire series. Boros has looked like an absolute animal on Boros Mirage. Boros looks world-class on Mirage. I don't know how good he is at other maps. I think he's good at Anubis as well. Yeah. But he's world-fucking-class on Mirage. He's so and good. even though Boros went 27-19, they got Ema and they got Acor into positions to be able to disrupt the entire rest of the team in such a way that it didn't matter that Boros was this star player that was able to do all the things. Is every single time you had Boros and I am take a duel, you had Acor as as your next man up. It was a very yeah. next man up mentality. Yeah, I, I believe didn't um Isaac really struggle in that one as he well? He did, yeah. And it just didn't matter because it didn't matter was just like it was just so good. Like I don't know, Game of Legion again, people will just try and write off this win as like, oh, it's you know, it's against Monty, who cares? And so until they beat Heroic, people were viewing all of their victories through a lens of like, oh, you know, it's just lucky or oh, it's just bad teams, whatever. Like until they beat Heroic, people were trying to write that off. And I really think it was a case of them seeing something and just not like trying to explain it away rather than accepting what they're seeing. Like when you watched Immer play during the legend stage, during the Monty game, how could you not have thought he was a superstar? I, I, He was the best player in the server in both those games. He was the best player in the server in most of the games. Until he played Vitality, every single game he was in, he was the best player in the server. Yeah. He was the best player in the server against Heroic, who were invariably the second best team in the world. Who? Don't lose to underdogs. <laughs> and yeah, and, and generally don't lose to underdogs. They didn't just lose to, to fucking Game Elite either. Like, what yes. Heroic... What Heroic did to FaZe in Map 3, Gamer Legion did to Heroic. And I think it's, you know, people were upset or whatever, the fucking underdogs are in the playoffs, whatever. If you believe in the, the long-term health of Counter-Strike, partner teams losing to open circuit teams is a good thing. Because otherwise we end up with, like, American sports. We end up with League of Legends. We end up. Say, with... We're going to need to have a larger conversation about franchising at one point. Um, it's not a this episode thing because yeah. I could go on it for an entire episode. But yeah, um, it, this is a this is this tournament was a one tournament argument against partner teams against quote unquote franchising. Like, the open circuit works because tier two quote unquote teams have to innovate. Because otherwise they will not play events. Mal Sports and OG could carry on doing the same, the same things that demonstrably do not work. They will play against Monty. They will play against Aurora. They will play against Bad News Eagles. They will play against Game League, and they will lose every single fucking time because these tier two teams have to improve. They have to keep getting better because if they don't keep getting better, they will not survive. There is no better motivation than survival. And that is exactly 
why Gamer Legion, why Apex got so much better so quickly, and why Mouse and OG have been treading water. Mouse have played fucking 35 maps all year or whatever the fuck it is. Like, 35 Gamer games all year. Apex played like 100 or something in the last three months. Monty qualified for the fucking champion stage and then played an ESL challenger game. Like, like hours later, they have been grinding. And if you, like, if you think you're a Counter-Strike fan and you don't want to see teams who try to improve, who try to push the boat out further, and who grind over teams you've heard of, I, I don't think you're a Counter-Strike fan. I think it's a simple... I think if you don't want teams like Monty to do well over lazy teams like Mouse, OG, EG, fucking whoever, like... I'm picking on Mouse and OG because they went out like three, uh, yeah, they, really they, badly. They, like, yeah. but you can you can easily talk about NIP. Like, what have NIP done in the last few years that's improved? Like, they they lost to Apex with their old Orpa winning a one v two to knock them out. Like the guy they kicked, and you know, I just think it's it's a case of like this is what happens when you allow teams to rest on their laurels. Like, it's the whole like. Um, like how how uh, artists need restrictions. Like if you give an artist unlimited money, his art won't be as good. Like he needs to be at a point where he needs to make good art to live. Otherwise, he won't make good art. That's just the way it is. Like it, 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 this tournament was such a good example of why franchising doesn't work. Yeah, we will have a much larger conversation. That's going to be one of our off-season shows because um, it will not be completely Counter Strike related, but it will be very related to Counter-Strike. Yeah, I, I mean, this will always be a good example of that. And you can talk about the Rio Major as well as an example yeah. of that. Alright, let's talk about the next game here. Uh, Liquid Apex. Um, I went in with a lot of NA Hopium. Perhaps Copium at that point. Um, I was proved wrong. Apex is very good. Um, Jacob... So, okay, there, there's, a couple, there's a couple bits here, right? Kixan absolutely shit on Liquid. <laughs> yeah, that was strange. <clears throat> Nock has looked like one of the best oppers the entire major. He was very good. He won a lot of clutches, which can point to it being a little bit unsustainable. But he was yeah. really good. But if you're putting him in the position to win clutches, it does, yeah, it's not yeah, going to be mean, your... If you were winning a lot of clutches, it's not like you're suddenly going to one day lose every single clutch for the next thirty clutches. It'll it'll even out, but yeah, your the 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 big thing about Apex though was their success was not completely off the back of Knox clutches. Stiko had the best deagle in the major. <laughs> Stiko's deagle is crazy, man. Stiko's deagle is like what, He's like a good version of like he's like a pro version of me. Like the way I play, I am basically Stiko. Like I'll go fourteen and sixteen. But I'll hit eight one digs in a game. JL has looked like a very solid player until the Liquid series. <sighs> JL's interesting in that sometimes he looks like a superstar, and then he just has these like inexplicably bad maps. Kixan proved that he can IGL against very good IGLs, and also Nitro. Yakinda was in game leader for that game. I okay. actually I, I spoke to the Apex coach and to Kixan um after that game. And Cuban, basically man. I know sorry, it wasn't Cuban, I think it was like the analyst. Um but, uh like he, and he was saying Apex. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was somebody at Apex. And he was basically saying, like, 
Liquid are so predictable. They knew exactly what they were going to do at every stage. Like, Yukinda's calling is like, ah, oh, you know, we just, like, he calls around himself. It's so predictable. And it's all I could think was, Liquid made a big noise about how they changed their entire system two weeks ago. And Apex had already figured them out and twice proven that they can, they know how to counter it for a clean 2 0. And it's like, this is what happens when a team asked, like, when a team is forged in the fires of CCT and whatever. You quickly. Philadelphia semi finalists, Apex. Yeah. You, you don't need more than three days to break a team down because that's all you get. And I don't think Liquid were prepared for teams to have figured them out already. We don't need to talk about what the Apex lineup when they came to Philadelphia was. <laughs> yeah, it was it was the Apex Rebels team, right? No, it was Apex. It just had shocks on it, which was weird. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, that's, that's cursed. Yeah, um, no, that was... It, Apex, I, I'm less high on Apex than on Game of Legion, obviously. I mean, Game of Legion beat, all right, but... Yeah. But, but largely because I think what Norton playing like this isn't entirely repeatable. But he is—he yeah. has always been pretty underrated. He was good on NIP, no matter what people say. I think what Game Religion showed was sustainable. I think what Apex and Monty both showed is a solid foundational level. And then they went above and beyond during the major. That doesn't oh, yeah, I think... mean that, they, that they're, they're not good. It, it Their floor is higher than a lot of people thought. And they have this insane ceiling, right? No one predicted ahead of the major that Monty or Apex was going to make semis, uh, was it quarters and semis, right? Yeah. Like their ceilings obviously are incredible. When you Doesn't watch Monty play, it's so obvious that they've played like 300 games. games this year because the way Boros clears angles, especially on Mirage, like he's flawless. Like he, he takes. Like, he doesn't think about his pathing. He's just taking fights perfectly, almost instinctively. Like, he doesn't actually need to do... He doesn't need to do anything special because what he naturally does is, like, is near flawless because he's put in so many reps that he can just fight you on these angles. And if he does that to Tier 2 teams, he can do that to... Mouse, he can do that to fucking phase. He can do it to Navi because they haven't got the reps. They don't play against people like Varos often that will just straight up disrespect you and will be fighting you in connector at one minute thirty five. Yeah, I d I do want to say something. We said a lot about teams not playing a lot of maps. For what it's worth, I'm sure that all of these teams play a lot of practice maps to some of degree. Of course they do, but the teams it's not the same, is it? An official is an official, right? And these are magnitudes higher of official maps that they've played in tournaments where it actually matters, where there's prize money on the line, or a spot in a higher tournament, or a reason to continue rather than you scrim and you're down 12-3 and you go, fuck it, we're just FFing and, and let's move on with our lives. Yeah, right? like if you lose a scrim, it doesn't matter. If something doesn't work in a scrim, there's no... I, I, I read a book recently about um it was about a guy who was a hostage negotiator talking about negotiation tactics and he basically said like if our tactics didn't work people died so ours work because they had to work when you read about it and you learn about it from like a university it's 
it's researched and it's and it's great and it's all that and but there's no it's not tested in an environment like it's not stress tested which is exactly what like you can prac as much as you want you can dry run as much as you want but monty have stress tested everything they want to do they know exactly what they want to do on every single map every time they play it because they've put in the reps and people will write that off but when gambit rose from nowhere to be the best team in the world they played a fuck ton of maps fours a few years ago played an absolute shit ton of maps and like found themselves in big events because like counter-strike became so natural for them because every day they were playing fucking nine maps they were playing like six maps a day on average it was mental I mean, heroic to a degree was the same thing. I mean, her- heroic like f- three years ago was this fucking no name, but not no name team, but like was where Esetag came from and where Blame F came. It was a good like s- uh, Danish team to come from, but they never did anything internationally. And now heroic's one of the best teams, and they have been for three years now. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, like it, it's and it's 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 obvious, but it's but people still disregard it. It's like, oh no, 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 like that. They haven't played against top tier competitions. For the most part, neither of Mouse. For the yeah. most part, neither of NIP. For the most part, FaZe will be playing like three or four games against top tier competition. Like, <clears throat> like, Heroic probably don't play that many great teams because they're always high seed and they play against fucking OG to qualify all the time. Like, they, they don't have. The same amount of games. Teams like Heroic get enough games because they keep going deep in events. I know um, a friend of mine did an interview with Mezzi where, uh, like, he asked him about the um, like the stresses of like the um, the schedule, and he basically said we don't go deep enough in events for it to matter. So I'm sure it would be bad if we kept going to finals, but we don't ever make playoffs, so it doesn't fucking matter. It's like, ah, uh. and he said it in a joking manner, but like they don't play enough games to actually ever get good how are they ever going to get good absolute base take all right let's talk about uh, speaking of mezzi let's talk about the last quarterfinal um which i agree with you was absolutely it was a banger um which was vitality and into the breach yeah um i thought that into the breach was going to get so the first map vitality led into the breach at vertigo um always dangerous but also Vitality love Vertigo. Yeah, but you you watch this map and uh, you 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 have a little UK pride at the beginning because they looked good. I had some UK pride the whole way through. Like, I, I, I into like, the breaches T side looked good. I like nobody I, came close to beating Vitality at this event. Into the breach got about as close as fucking anyone else did. Yeah, it was a sixteen eleven, but that first half, holy man! Oh, it's like if you want to, if you want to watch a Vertigo masterclass, you just go pull pull the demo and watch Cipher the entire yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. I I think um Harry Nero said in like Discord at one point, like the TRDR Discord at one point, with his tongue firmly in his cheek, Cipher is the best A ramp player in the world. And the more I watched him, the more I think uh, he he's up there, like. And this is going to sound ridiculous, because it's coming from me, people are going to think this is silly. But it's like watching AZ. There was a point where AZ was the highest rated Vertigo player in the world. No, 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 seriously. There was a point where AZ was the highest rated Vertigo player in the world while he was on North. 
He would have like 1.06 on every other map. And he had like a 1.35 on Vertigo. He was ridiculous at the map. When it was... Um, and, you know, it wasn't new, but it was still, like, being figured well, out. Well, that, yeah, was, it had to be have, like, the mid-window and shit still I think there. it was the same version of Vertigo as it is now, or, or a very similar one. Okay. But, like, the meta was different. Like, people hadn't figured out so much. But he would just walk up a ramp, and he would just headshot everyone. And Cypher now is playing in a more settled meta, and he's just sneaking through all these smokes. The amount of times he killed Zaiwu in that first half was oh uncanny. Oh, my God, man. Like he just kept killing Zaiwu. Zaiwu doesn't die on ramp very often. <laughs> like most teams, if you're going to beat Vitality at this map, it's not by going through Zaiwu. And that was how they, how they got a lead. And okay, they didn't finish it off, but they came so, about as close to beating Vitality as anyone else. Yeah, Cipher got ten kills against Zaiwu. Zaiwu happened to get fifteen against him, but like still. Oh, yeah. oh wait, 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 that, that was a bit on both maps. Right? Yeah, it was 6-6 six, six Yeah, in, in duels against each other. And I, on the T-side, Cypher was winning like all of them. It felt yeah, like, anyway. There's no player like that actually does the same thing, right? Like That's just not a yeah. thing. <laughs> we had an interview with him on Blast TV where he there's a round where he had 10 HP and he kills two players, yep. including just like peeking into Zyru and 1D. And he just was like, he actually physically couldn't believe it. He was like, Oh mate, the the round I won these I was I I was giddy like he, he you could see he was excited. It was just like yeah, it was crazy. Uh, Absolutely, that was my and I I mean this with total sincerity. That map, that Vertigo map, was my favorite map to watch this major. Yeah. I it was yeah fantastic. All right, we talked. Oh, actually, a lot I would of... say the the, the map BNE beat Phase sixteen three really did make me chuckle. I'll be honest. Um, we can talk about the heroic game religion. Semi, I think we talked about the shit ton already though. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like I think we should talk about the fact that heroic are just bottle jobs. <laughs> they they are bottle jobs. Just... It's it, it's becoming a pattern that you can't like you you lose once on stage in a game you should win. It they're happens. Onliners. That's all you it is. lose they're twice. <sighs> they're not onliners because they're really good on land in a studio. But the problem is have they won online in the studio? I think not. The problem is that Stown just isn't as good on stage as he is in the studio. He just isn't. Stown is one of the best players in the world in the studio. In front of a crowd? It's a bit of a bottle job. And it, it, like big, big games. Heroic. It, like They collapsed against Game of Legion. I, I, as good as we think Game of Legion were and are, that uh, heroic don't collapse like that if it's not a semi final. They just don't. I've never seen them get outclassed that hard, and I certainly have never seen them get outclassed that hard by a team that has like by by a team that wasn't one of the favorites for the event. Yeah, I'm gonna we're gonna keep bringing him up. Emo looked incredible. oh he's ridiculous like like, like Emo looked. So fucking good this playoffs, up until the finals, and he even didn't then even he had one half. Bad. Yeah, yeah, he had he that one half. Even look that was ridiculous. And he had to play against Zaiwu and and Vitality and uh, yeah, the French crowd and all that all that shit too. But like, 
Ima looked like a world class player. And here is where I want to want to start breaching the inevitable question that occurs, which is we are uh, we're in the dying days of Counter Strike Global Offensive. There are two more tournaments left. Uh, we have I am Dallas this weekend. Yeah, yeah, this weekend into next week. Yeah, and then the weekend right after that is Blast Spring Finals and Challenger Katowice, I believe, and Challenger Katowice, and then we're on break for a month and a half. So the the general I think community assumption is is that's roughly about where Counter Strike Two is going to drop at least to a, a higher degree, and that we'll start playing events on CS Two post the player break. That seems to be the general. I uh, general thought process. Um, I I heard something very interesting with this. So we asked some of the pros, like, "Oh, when do you think CS2 should be released?" And ninety nine percent of them said during the player break would be great. There was one player, I believe it was Acor, just said, "I really hope they don't drop it during the player break." And like looked at him, and he was like, "No, it make I," and he was like, "Well, I want to have a break." Yeah. I don't want them to drop it during the play break because then I'll have to get on and I'll have to grind Counter-Strike 2 to figure everything out. And I want to actually have my player break. I don't want to have the break be consumed by Counter-Strike 2. It's supposed to be a break. And I, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, actually, yeah, I don't think it should be dropped in the player break. I think, it, I think that that is an extremely adult and reasonable answer. Do I think Valve's going to listen to that? No. Oh, do I absolutely not. Now, There's no way Valve listens. Valve will that, drop it whenever the fuck they want. Yeah, They'll say, drop it at midnight on a I, Sunday for I no mean, reason. I was reading a, a Twitter thread online that was like, uh, not Twitter, there was a Reddit thread that were like pissed that Valve didn't come out and do anything for the last CSGO main Yeah, I saw that. Announcing. And, and the, like, the top comment, and I, I think I like actually like saved this on my Reddit account because I thought it was so so good. And it was basically like, Valve's going to do whatever the fuck Valve's going to do. And here's the thing. We trust that. Valve is one of like three companies yeah. that you'll still buy a game release day without worrying about it. Yeah. Right? Like, and the others were like from, from Soft, Soft. And, and they, uh, Supergiant, I believe, who made Hades. Was, yeah. That's it. Like the list yeah. is so small because every fucking game manufacturer comes out and the game is buggy as shit on day one and isn't good. But Valve has this like proven track record. They're, they're not going to advertise. They're not going to go out and make a big deal about it. They're just gonna make games and give it to you. Yeah. So they're just gonna give it to yeah. us whenever the fuck they want. I I genuinely I I love the way Valve do things because it's just so like fuck it's you. It's so like, contradictory to everyone. Like, else. Yeah, they're just like you know they just do the like they don't care. They just do their own thing. That's that's cool. Like I love that. It's so aloof. Like I just kind of respect it. They're like we don't give a shit what you think. We've made the greatest game of all time. We're gonna make a sequel to it. It'll drop whenever we're ready. We don't care what you think. Your your opinion does not matter to us, and that's why I like it. I like that I'm unimportant. All right, let's go talk about Apex Vitality, which is the uh, the the other side semifinals. Um, this this felt like storybook. Um, it felt like Vitality w- had the script written for them that they were going to win this game. I know that the score lines were close, but neither map felt insanely close to me watching um i know the first map was like a lot closer than the second one not a lot but it was it was 16 14 but 
to me, it always felt like it it was vitality in control, pushing pushing the button, pushing the envelope, dictating pace. Yeah, Spinks was an absolute fucking god. Um, and it felt like it was kind of written that Vitality had to get to the finals. Yeah, they they were they were dominant. Like even I I, I like to give a shout out, and he doesn't need my respect, but I'd like to give a shout out to Majesk because every single time Vitality were on the ropes. Zoru was struggling a little bit, like in front of the crowd, like he was having a bit of a quiet game. Every single time things got a little bit hairy, Majisk had a massive round. He did it against Into the Breach, right? When Cypher was on a fucking heater, and Into the Breach were like 11-7 up, Majisk just fucking killed him three times in a row on B. That round, when Majisk boy rails Cypher, runs into the site, headshots Rallen, runs into the runs even further, takes down a third with a third headshot. It, that was the moment where you're like, oh, Vitality aren't losing this. Majisk is just going to refuse to lose. Because I think... I think Zaiwu would have crumbled again in that Mat 1 against Into the Breach. I, I think he was struggling. But Majisk has won majors. And he knows... Like, he's like, okay. Four, four of them, actually. <laughs> yeah, four now. He's like, I'm the fucking man, and I'm going to win. The-. He's like, I'm going to go B, and I'm going to rip three heads off, and I'm going to win the round, and I'm going to settle this down. And then he just did it again, like, two rounds later, and you're like, okay, Majisk isn't losing this game. And he just did the same thing against Apex. Like, whenever Saiwu was struggling, Majisk would just have these multi-kill rounds. And he just, like, you always get the feeling that he holds himself back sometimes to be a good teammate, where he could have just been the best player in the world, because you watch him in these moments, you're like, you are a god. There was actually an interview, I don't know if it was an interview, I don't know if it was, it was it was somewhere with Dupree, with Apex, about Dupree. Right. And it was basically, Dupree had left to go for the birth of his kid, right? Yeah. And was watching the team, and he saw how good Jax was doing in the roles, yes. and... Dupree comes back and goes, oh shit, I've been going at this the wrong way. I've been trying to be a star. I need to be way more supportive and I can see how well I can do in these roles. And Majisk already had this down. He's had this yeah. down for years, right? He had this down on Astralis. He's got this down now. But Dupree, I like huge amounts of respect to Dupree throughout all the playoffs for basically changing completely who he is as a player and still being just as good as Majisk has been. And that is why he's won five majors. You yeah. can say whatever you want about who you think the best player of all time is. Dupree has won five fucking majors. Yeah. So Device without Dupree has not won a major. So here's Device with a lot of people has won a major. But well, well, quite. But like you know, people will say, "Oh, if you're gonna go with like who has the most rings, then that you could have to give it to Device before." But no, it's Device de- without Dupree well, has not won a major. Dupree Zion, without Device but, has uh, and. <laughs> like what makes like it's great being a great player and a star player but Dupree has been in so many different roles for so long and he's so good at all of them that he is a serial winner and I, I think I tweeted the other day that Dupree is Counter-Strike's Bill Russell which I think he, is the he, most fitting he has so m- he has all of the win- all of the rings yeah and he was so good, but he was never at any given... I don't think at any given point Dupree was the best player in the world. No. And, I, I think he was and it always just very good. And people will write it off as like, oh, you yeah, know, he was a great winner, but was he ever the... And like, 
If you want to talk about the greatest player of all time, you are there to win. And that is what Dupree has done. He's won five fucking majors. Like, do you know how insane that is? He's won five of them. There was only 19. Yeah, he's won a quarter. Years. He's won more than 25% of all of them. Yeah. Which would be not very impressive if there was four. But there was almost 20 of them, which is insane. All right. Um, we're gonna we're just gonna start moving into the finals at this point. Um, Gamer Legion Vitality. I need to I need to shout out someone. There's two people left on Vitality who we have not very much talked about. Um, and we the first game we need to talk about is the overpass game. Um, Gamer Legion Vitality finals ends up being a 2-0 with one of the most dominant overpasses I've ever seen. And well, Spinks. I have a take on that. I have a take on it. Okay, so I'll you, let you finish. Give but... your take. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll give my Spinks take. Spinks was a man on a mission here. He, if you've ever seen Blues Brothers, you know at the beginning of Blues Brothers, um, well, it's not Dan Aykroyd. It's um the other guy, the guy that plays Dan Aykroyd's brother walks up to him and goes, "I've got a mission, a mission from God," and he goes through this whole bit of like. It's God's mission that he's giving me now to go on this entire fucking movie, right? After he gets out of jail. It felt like Spinks was in that position that he had just been given some God-given power on Overpass. He played out of his fucking mind. He was frying. It's kind of unfair that when Vitality play Overpass, because Dupree and Majisk are so good on B, they are allowed to just play Spinks and Zywoo together on the same side of the map. You think about how insane that is. Um, now my take on Overpass is that, yes, it was dominant, but it wasn't as dominant as the results suggested. <sighs> Game of Legion didn't have a CT side buy round because they lost, like, they lost a force buy where they the T's... If the T's get a bomb plant in the pistol, they have a better buy than you second round, no matter what you do, which is just ridiculous and they mm -hmm. lost that and at that point it was just they were never going to get a full gun round i think if you play all 30 rounds it looks something more like 2010 which isn't quite as dominant as it looks compared to what it was now um because we never saw game of legion with grenades and rifles yeah 11 4 on the t side isn't that bad and it's only an economy thing. They they never got a full gun round, and you can say like if they had started on the CT side, they would still have lost, obviously, but it would have looked closer. There's a take you can have. Yeah, I, like they were right. the the worst team, and they would have lost. Yeah, but it would have looked a bit closer had they started on the CT side, been able to get rifles and orps and grenades. I mean, they probably would have got eight and nine CT rounds, and then they chose you know. what side they started on. Did they? No, they didn't. I'm sorry. I thought this was Vitality's pick for some reason. I yeah, had no, it was Game Leader's pick. And it, like, I don't think the side you start on makes any difference, other than it makes the final score look closer or less close. Um, but it would have looked closer had they started on the CT side. I. You're probably right. It, it doesn't matter. matter. It didn't matter. It, didn't, it, didn't, it doesn't matter. I just think people are like calling it a complete blowout. We never actually saw Gamer Legion on a gun round on the CT side. Like the bigger the 
Sphinx was Sphinx was the entire story of the first map. And oh yeah, fair, Sphinx just fried. The Sphinx and Zobu just fried him on eight. There was nothing they could do. And the second map, the spec, the nuke was the second map, and it was all Zywu. Yeah, it was. Well, it, it well, was, for the okay, first half it was all Emma, and then the second half it was all Zywu. Yeah, Emma had a fantastic half, but the second that that they got to the CT side, it was. Oh, Zywu started frying, man. In the arena at half time, they would show you like the scoreboard, like the K, the K, the kills, deaths, and ADR. I think. Overpass in the final was the first time I looked up and saw Emma not on 150 ADR at halftime. Yeah, he went tw- 11 and 21 in the first map, came around, second map, 20, 25 and 20. Yeah, and he had like 140 losing. ADR at the halftime, yeah. but then he only got two kills on the on the second half because he kept yeah. trying to walk into Zaiwu and die. Yeah, it the, the second that they got onto the T side, it just did not feel... It didn't they feel couldn't the same. kill Sphinx on Hut, and they couldn't kill Dupree on top of the A site. Sorry, on top of the A site, every time they hit A, and that when you can't hit A successfully, it really limits what you can do because they can actually start to move their pieces. They can start to play to outside. They can start to play two towards ramp and push it. Like they also if you don't have that hit, you can't do anything. There are also a lot of rounds that I felt that it just it there was a gap in just how the team plays. And the reason I say that is because I remember distinctly around where Zaiwu is able to get down into secret. And the entirety of Gamer Legion just say, there's no way this guy is in secret. And then they see him in secret after he gets a kill. And he got like three more. And then he gets like three more by just like playing time for like 10 seconds. They're like, oh, he's gone away. No, he's back and he gets like three more kills. Like, Vitality like bought that. enough time for Zaiwu to warm up into the like into the playoffs, and it sounds crazy because he had like one point twos all the way through, but it, he never felt god tier until the final map of the final, and it was just like, oh, Vitality have bought enough time now, and, and you like you understand the concept of like control decks in like in the card yes. games where it's like you just buy time and then your win pawn comes yes. in on like turn <laughs> ten. Zaiwu is like he, you know, he's the fucking the eight mana fucking monster that's come down, and he's yeah. like, "All right, he's here to take over the whole game now." Now he, now the wing cons online, you can't beat them. Yeah. Um. So I want to end this end this section with uh, congratulations to Vitality. Yeah. Uh, obligatory. Fuck the French. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I will say. I, so two things on this. A Apex's winners interview was fantastic. Cool game. It's just like everyone doubted me, but I just want to fucking major. So fuck you. Brilliant, perfect. No notes. Nothing more needs to be said. Like I doubted him, and I, I just still kind of do doubt him. But, but I have to respect him telling to telling me to fuck off because he did just he he won a major. What, what more got, am I supposed to do? He's like, got two majors now. He's got the rings. Like I can't yeah. argue with him. I have no rings. He has rings. What am I supposed to do? Um, uh, and also, I went to a couple of French bakeries while I was there, and it, it did genuinely make me dislike the French less. I, I, like, I had I had a quest on there, and I was like, you know what, I don't like him, but you know what, that that was that was a benefit of the major. I did get to see a video of Ryan eating um, snails. snails. I Great. wasn't brave enough to eat snails. I wouldn't be either, man. <laughs> I, right. I, I've heard mixed things. They're like, oh, it's kind of like a chewy mussel. But yeah, that, that sounds amazing, fantastic. Yeah. All right, we got one more thing we got to talk about this tournament, and it has nothing in relation to the tournament. 
the trophy was so shit. <laughs> so I like the trophy. I just okay, wish it was okay. bigger. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I like the idea of the trophy. My I have two problems with it, okay? Which makes it look shit to me. One, it was smaller. Like, okay, here's, here's an Xbox controller. It was smaller than this. That's not it's actually not, true. It's but not like, smaller than that, no. It, it's, it about the size of, it's about the size of a human head. That's not big enough. This but is the last CSGO enough. major. Yeah. Think it should have been massive. The Cologne trophy, the Cato trophy, all these trophies, like two and a half feet tall. Think of the picture of device like breaking the trophy at Star yeah. Ladder. Like, how big is that trophy? That's huge, right? And you look, and there's a picture of of Zywoo putting the trophy next, next to, to another trophy yeah. in the cabinet at the Vitality headquarters, and it's just smaller than a regular Blast trophy. That's dumb. Give yeah. me big trophies. It should Number have been two. Bigger. Number two, this looks like something that I went to my 3D printer and went, make me, and it made it, and they painted it, and that was it. And here's the thing. That's cool, but, like, the Blast logo should have been metal. Yeah. It should it, right. it should have, this shouldn't have felt like, someone said this, and I agree with it, it shouldn't have felt like an off-color Nickelodeon award. Yeah. It should have been solid gold. They should have made... The, the yellow blast got solid yeah, gold. So, no, maybe not solid gold, but like it should solid have been solid gold and nothing less. Like this thing, you could see it had zero weight to it. Yeah. Like, and then the 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 MVP trophy was just like they chopped off like twenty percent of the bottom. Smaller for some reason. Yeah. yeah. It's just um. Yeah. No, I agree the with. Trophy run me the wrong way, but it wasn't like I hated the idea of the trophy. I actually think the idea was kind of weird and out there, and I like weird and out there. I just think. It didn't live up to what it needed to be. Yeah, that's fair. It, it definitely should have been. It could and should have been twice as big as it was, and that wouldn't have been oversized. I would, I would, I would have been a lot happier if it was just twice this big. Yeah, Usually, I agree with that. Every other trophy, you can get all the players' hands on it to lift it. Yeah. This one, you can get like one, like one Zaiwu-sized hand and one Magist-sized hand, and that's it. No one else is touching that shit. <laughs> like, yeah. You just can't but, get more people's hands on it. But I also think people care far too much about what this trophy looks like. <laughs> Who fucking cares? I don't know, man. All the majors I gotta all the pictures I gotta see of this major of them having the trophy have this fucking stupid looking trophy in it now, which is just, like so small and stuff. And it's like, wow, yeah. was this the second counter strike major? No, this was the nineteenth one. Yeah. Like we figured yeah. out how to make trophies and then said, you know what we're gonna do? Make it smaller. Yeah, it is a size. Like size does matter, unfortunately. I, I I will say on on to to defend blast on something else though like there were basically no tech issues the entire event oh yeah no it was like the production level was phenomenal and and that is something that goes under the radar because you don't think about you don't really think about it when it's good you only think about it when it's bad and well, I mean I think about it when it's good but that's well you do because you're yeah. a, you know you're I'm in the industry nerd. yeah um. <laughs> The other thing I want to call out is I like show matches. Give us more show matches. Less smoothie on them, but yeah. Less smoothie on them. I could agree with that. Um, but yeah, give us more show matches. Thanks. It was enjoyable to watch. Um, I don't care for them, but I that one was fun. Like, it, it, you, There's a photo of Simple just being completely clouded in smoke, and he looks like he's having an absolute great time, and give me more of that. Um, okay, we got... So two more tournaments, as we said before, left in Counter-Strike. We've got some quick news to go over involving them. The next tournament is going to be IEM Dallas. It will be in Dallas, in Texas, in the United States of America. 
Have you seen um, the the roster news for this event? There's some yes, strange ones. Yes, we're I we're let's get into it. Um, let's let it be clear that there's about a million teams going to this event. We'll start it off heroic. That's sixteen, but yes. Okay, that's like a million. Uh, heroic phase, Cloud Nine, G Two, Liquid, and Furia, Fnatic, OG, Maus, Complexity, Astralis, Greyhound, Nouns, Nine Z, and Evil Geniuses. Yes. Without thinking about it, how many of these teams do you reckon that will be completely different in three weeks' time? Without without thinking about without, any of the teams, just give me a number between one and sixteen. Uh, nine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Stop putting events on straight after the major. It's a bad, like literally the major should be the end. I don't want to yep. podcast after the major. This yep. should be our last episode. And we go out on a high note that goes, congratulations, yep. Vitality. We're super excited for the next season to start. And, and basically we come back easier. with roster mania instead of yeah. having these half-assed moves for like just before events that are, you're not sure if they're permanent or not. Yeah. Okay. So uh, obviously VP isn't at this event they were supposed to be Fnatic instead is attending but if you thought that Fnatic was attending with their roster you would be wrong wrong because crims can't attend so they said who looks the most like crims let's get him and forest is on Fnatic again i, I literally think, think that I, I think crims leaving might be a more permanent thing than just him Interesting. I, I, that's based on very little yeah it's just Fnatic have to make changes to me he seems like a reasonable one wouldn't be surprised if they pick up some of the like some of the OG players. We'll get to in a it's second. Not going to be Forest. <laughs> no, I think it. <laughs> it pretty well. I think it could be, be like. It could be like. Either one of like the Gamer Legion guys or like yeah, Flames so th or something. This game. So okay, before we get into these, I want to talk about the Gamer Legion roster and the Apex roster to a, to a degree, and Monty to a degree. I don't expect the Gamer and Legion to reach. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll I, I've heard I've heard some oh. stories. Um, I don't expect any of those four teams to look the same come three weeks from now. Um, now there is one exception to that, which is Gamer Legion. I can see them saying they want to stay as a group and getting picked up by a bigger org that is looking to completely switch their team. Maybe. That I could see. The other three teams, I could absolutely see Knock, uh, Knock Boros. Um, Kixander, JL, um, Cipher, just getting plucked right out of those teams and put into uh, more international teams. I'm like, I'm... Suhi will go somewhere. Suhi will not be on Gamer Legion come no, he... five weeks well, from well, now, so unless so... they keep their entire team as Gamer. So Legion. apparently, he's got a really big buyout because when Gamer Legion got Suhi, they quickly realized he was really good, gave him a big buyout. So if you want to buy him, apparently his buyout is pretty big. I've heard Cipher has like has got like has had offers. He's like trialed with some teams um, already. Like I am in a almost certainly will like like his phone will be buzzing from now until July. Um, like there's, there's these players are available. I there's no way Fnatic stay the same. And if Crims is dropping out for this event, I I just think he'll he'll go. Um okay, so let's let's talk about let's talk about the, the rest of the teams that are here for a second. Uh obviously normal teams are here. Fnatic is here with Forest instead. Um Is that the only team that's making a roster change? Uh OG have got Regalian for Dexter. Yeah, OG's got Regalian for Dexter. Um I... which I'm I believe is more <laughs> permanent than they're letting on. Okay. 
I believe this is like a trial period and he'll almost certainly stay if it goes to plan. Yeah. Um, EG will be here and them themselves are an entire roster of replacements. Uh, um, so OG also, there's a, a report today that Flames and Nico will be let go. Um, Flames I, is a good Flames player. needs... And will almost certainly land on his feet. Oh. Okay, we have some more EG news we need to talk about in a minute here that just got hit. Um, There's I, also I, one other team who don't have their full roster. At yeah, Dallas, I'm trying to sure see if I'm not sure I'm, it's been announced yet. It hasn't been, so we're gonna not talk about that. Okay, um, I just went to go look for it. <laughs> that's, that's what I was yeah. doing. Um, okay, I don't expect this event to mean much. I don't expect anyone really trying other than Cloud Nine. Um, yeah, and Greyhound Nouns Nine Z E G maybe complexity in there. I just I literally this event is fucking dumb. Um, I'd it's say like, that like, it's kind of sad that this event doesn't really mean much because it is cool to have an event in the US and there's two two weeks in a row and neither of them mean fucking anything yeah it's kind I of I guess annoying. the last one means a little bit more but like if, it, it might mean I, something I, like heroic or want to win an event like, well I mean like after today it doesn't fucking matter so okay so that's that's Blast Blast Dallas and by Blast Dallas I mean I am Dallas um your other news of the day is that Complexity is replacing Navi in the Blast Spring Groups, which is Blast DC, which makes that mean just a lot less. Yeah. Um. That's, I mean, like... It, it's kind of cool as a US team there, I guess. There should have been one from the beginning, but whatever. Um, Complexity would not have been the team that would have been chosen, but apparently there's some points in their rule books that say that yep. complexity is the next man up and great, but like it just made complexity is not fantastic right now. They're actually pretty not great right now. They just fired their analyst. Um yeah. they it, it just feels like we're taking a team that may have been able to do something and not having them do anymore. Wow, we'll, I'm not convinced we'll, we'll, Navi. Uh, we'll there's, talk... there's some rough news about Navi as well, right? I was going to say, I want to wait for that for next week because this is going to okay. be a very long podcast if we continue on with roster yeah. information because <laughs> um, there have been a lot of rumors. The last thing I want to talk about is just breaking from Dust2 like two seconds ago. Uh, Valens did an AMA, so Valens being the head of Counter-Strike for EG. Yeah. Um, he... Appar- they were apparently had talked about promoting the entire EG Black Squad instead of their current roster, wow. and chose not to. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? They can't do any worse, can they? Yeah. Um, that's that's all I needed to state on the the EG matter. Um, insane. Um, that's all. I, I think that's all we've got for this episode. Uh, congratulations to Vitality. Um, yeah. The final, the CSGO final. Major yeah, I mean, it, it was it was a storybook ending. Yeah. Not only did Zaiwu win his major in Counter Strike Global Offensive, not only did that, like you you watch at the end, like I I don't know if you watch the entire, if you like just left the arena or if you like stayed. Uh, I had to go do time. some work during so, after the trophy left. So I watched the entire end bit. Right, I watched up until credits. And watching Dupree and Majisk and Zonic and all of their families look like this was a normal occurrence and like a day-to-day thing was awesome. 
and like yeah. Dupree's there with his kid and ev- and all all the players are coming over and it just it looked like it was a family event and it was it kind of is for him isn't it it's, he's won five of them five mad ready to get going uh hopefully when we come back next week we'll have a will we have a no we won't have a dallas winner but we'll talk about roster moves next week because there will almost certainly be a bunch yeah and we'll have some dallas stuff there so we'll be back next week make sure to follow us on twitter at retail dr at logan at easy esque goodbye